Hey, Bobby Manning here. Want to give you guys a quick update on this feed. We're going to be throwing it back to our old Celtics postgame show style about an hour after every Celtics game show. And we're doing it on the Locker Room app. If you haven't heard of the Locker Room app, it's available on the Apple App Store as well as getlockerroom.com. And you just download the app, find our room. You can follow me, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, John Zanis, as well as Jimmy Toscano, and get alerted every time we go live, which is going to be, like I said, an hour after every single game. You can join us there, just like on our old show, and jump on as a caller. Questions, takes, opinions, all that stuff. You'll have your chance to throw it out there and have a little bit of a back and forth with our show like we used to here. Now that audio is going to be available here on this feed. So what you're going to hear after... This is our locker room conversation from last night, uh, the Celtics post-game show overtime, as we're going to be calling it. And that's going to be what this stream is going forward. If you want the Celtics post-game show as we do it on YouTube immediately following the buzzer, which is going to continue for an hour after every game, you're going to want to go subscribe to the Garden Report podcast feed. That's the Garn Report podcast feed. It's on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you're getting your podcast, anywhere you're getting this podcast stream, you'll be able to get the Garn Report one as well. And that will be our post-game stream. This is going to continue to be the locker room stream from every night. So we're basically doing two shows each night. Second one's going to involve you guys. So it's standing here on our old stream where we used to do that every night. And... Here is tonight's show. All right. So now it can be heard as we just evacuated the last room. Apologies. My, there's Brian and Ryan. What up, Brian? <laughs> you know, it's just like the old days, man. I can't escape the technical difficulties, right? Oh, man. Hey, you got to love it. At least back then they uh, competed, though. Oh, yeah, this is like non-competitive nonsense. I don't even know why you tune into these games, right? I mean, it's awful. Oh, I said it right before the game started. Everybody keeps falling in love with everybody. Oh, I love Well, this. I'll tell you what. That was disgusting. But our guys are going to come over now uh, shortly. Joshy Joe Sway is now in the chat. Uh, we are waiting on... A. Sherrod, John, thanks to those of you who came back. Um, obviously, I was having some audio problems there, so glad everyone's here now. Brian Eight Lion is uh, helping me out here just like the old days, bro. Yeah. Hey, that's what it feels like. It feels like a vintage night for me. Like. Oh, man. Are you only the only they like at least back then, the Celtics, if they lost, they gave effort. I, I just feel like. This team has no effort. Horrible body language. It's just horrendous. Horrendous to watch. Nobody, nobody trusts. I'm going to say the things that I can say. See, I can't get fired from nowhere. I can't get. They don't trust each other. Like, oh, no question. There's zero trust. And, and the bad part is, Nick, I learned. Tatum and Brown, um, as good of a player as they are, they don't make other people better at all. And when I say better, I mean, like, a leader 
doesn't necessarily have to score 40 points. A leader goes and grabs the next person by, you know, the arm and say, hey, man, we need you to come around. Like, look, look, what's the issue? Is it me? Should I, should I give you the ball more? What can I do? And nobody has taken on that leadership role. Marcus Smart has tried, but he got in the fight last year in the bubble. So it's kind of tough. They don't have a leader. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, Brian, good take. And my leader just arrived. So host of the show, that's uh, John Zanis. Can you be heard or are you in Nickland with audio? It's probably having issues. It's all right, hey guys. Brian. You, you hear John. All right, my man. Am I still holding down the fort, bro? No, I got it, buddy. I'm waiting for Sherrod right, here. Buddy, I'm going to mute myself so everybody can enjoy uh, a real host. Well, no, uh, we're not doing that, but we're wait. Nick, you can hang for a sure. split second here. We're waiting for Sherrod to join sure. in as soon as he does. Do you, do you see him in the in the room? Not yet, but there are so many people that I'm having a hard time. So, Sherrod, when you get here, if you're here, request to speak. Speaker. Uh, he's not here yet, although I see Paul Pierce uh, in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> New profile picture. Uh, let's see. No, John, he's not. Uh, not yet. All right, so we'll hang in here. And again, if you guys were already on the Celtics post game show, thanks for hanging out here. We will start working you guys in here. If you have something you want to talk about, you can request to speak for sure, and we will try to get to as many of you as possible. If we don't get you to you tonight, we got another game tomorrow, and we're going to be doing this on this app, honestly, for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Assuming we have playoffs, which, again, we believe is the case. Um, so, uh, Sherrod Blakely uh, of Bleacher Report, Boston Sports Journal, CLNS Media's post-game show, and, and you know, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, obviously this, uh, the Garden Report here, will be joining us. Uh, and you can fire off all of your questions uh, to me or Sherrod. This was kind of a depressing game uh, for everybody. Uh, and, again, if you were on our show, we talked about it a bit. Um, it was it was rough. Uh, this was a gut check game, and uh, Jimmy Toscano on our post game show I think put it best, where he said uh, sobering. Uh, it really felt like the Celtics were never competitive, and I don't know. I I'm kind of curious the fans vibe here, and you guys are you apoplectic? Are you still hopeful? Do you think it was just a one off? Uh, you know what's the general vibe, Nick? I'll get your take quick again as we're waiting for Sherrod to jump in. Yeah, man, I just listless. It's the same thing, dude. Take the first. After that, you know, good start. Take your your opinion from that first couple weeks after that good start and just replay that post game. It's the same thing. It is the definition of insanity. Um, these Boston Celtics, they, they don't play like Celtics. And, you know, you said it, John, this morning. If Rob Williams leaves his feet, we're effed because the Celtics, he will foul out by the third quarter, and I think it was the start of the fourth. He was gone. You know, so, I mean, it's very predictable. The box score is all you really have to look at with this team because they play with no energy. They're basically a bad box score. That's my take, John. Yeah, that was the bummer. The Rob Williams thing, I think, was the worst. Bobby uh, loved it. Well, I mean, yeah, because Bobby's been dying. Bobby's been Bobby's been wrong all season about Rob, so he's dying to have one game where Rob didn't play well. And he's like, see, that's why you need Daniel Tice. He's friggin' Bobby Bobby's uncle, Daniel Tice. You know, like you know who loves Tice, John? Who? Cedric Maxwell loves Tice. Well, everybody loves Tice. You know, I mean, look, Tice, you know, look. There's nothing not to like about Daniel Tice, and again, 
the yep. Daniel Tice, the anti-Daniel Tice argument is only because he's just Daniel Tice. He's not something else. He's not something more. He's absolutely a good guy to have on your team. But at the end of the day, he's Daniel Tice. Um, yep. So again, uh, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody here? I see some people in the chat struggling with audio. I'm going to give you guys again. We have to, we're we're new to the app and we've discovered a couple of things. It can be a tad glitchy. Um, so uh, if you are not getting audio at all right now, uh, or if you're having trouble, you got to go in and out. I'm going to put that in the chat as well. Uh, but uh, hey, John. reminding anybody, you run into any issues, you just gotta you gotta exit the app. Uh, hey, John. And then yes. I'm going to put Liam on with you, and I'm going to track down, make sure Sherrod has the link, and he's all good to go. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Liam, uh, you are live with John Zanis. What's up, Liam? What's going on, y'all? Uh, oh, you know. Here game, we go. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> are, 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 we, are, we, are we sure uh, we've the scoreboard? It seems like we're down 50. That, that being, was the uh, problem, right? Yeah. It, it was a huge issue. Um, I mean, I've got a couple pointers. Uh, one... This uh, <laughs> this Philly team is just it, it it annoys the heck out of me, and I feel like for a lot of Celtic fans too because we all remember the past couple of years how we basically have owned Philly for I think like I think I saw the the stat like the past nine games they've beaten us seven times, which is a little weird. But when I was watching them play, and you probably saw us too. It seemed like there were white shirts everywhere, like white jerseys everywhere on the defensive end. Like I saw no holes opening up for Boston, and that goes back to like no backdoor cuts, no picks. Like they do a lot of picks for on-ball action, but I see no off-ball action picks, which is very, very frustrating because that's basketball for you. Basketball is like Golden State and San Antonio. Like great offenses have a lot of offensive movement and there's very little to do with that um two fouls <laughs> as we all know fouls were abysmal today abysmal. and they and yeah well <laughs> abysmal is just a light word to say and especially like and i know philly probably ran this play a good 30 times it seemed when not on the left post but on the right side well Technically, it's to the left side, actually. Looking at the court, left side post, middle high post, it would be Tobias Harris or Joel Embiid, and mostly Tobias Harris. And what I kept hating the whole time was them hooking. Every single time, it seemed, they would hook on to Jalen Brown, usually, or it wasn't even Tatum, mainly Jalen Brown and Shimmy Ojale in the post, and Tobias or Joel would hook on to them, and yeah. they would never stay home. Hey. Like you all said, jumping all the time. Really quick, Liam, I just want to check. I think I got Sherrod here. I just want to check. Sherrod, are you hearing us? Still technical difficulties. Hey, Sherrod, can you hear us? No, still technical difficulties. I think Sherrod's got to leave the app and then come back. Uh, Nick, are you still there? I am, and I am on text with Sherrod. So we'll yeah, okay, going. cool. Um, and we are wrapping up, by the way, we are wrapping up our Celtics postgame show. We are going to have uh, uh, Jimmy uh, Toscano, Bobby Manning join us. Joe Sway's at the Garden, so he's got some stuff to do, but he might jump in as well. So we're going to have more of the Garden Report crew in here in just a minute. 
Um, but in the meantime, uh, I've got Nick Gelso here and myself, and uh, the room is still filling up, so we're still trying to get Sherrod to get his audio going. Uh, and when he does, obviously he'll be there, and you get a chance to ask us any questions um, that you uh, that you want as well. But again, recapping: Celtics lose to the Sixers. We're going to be here after every single game on this app. As soon as we're wrapping up our post game show, we're going to jump over at least a couple of us. We're going to have special guests throughout, including some some former Celtics. Kendrick Perkins is going to be part of this as well. Maxwell, so Cedric Maxwell is going to be part of this. It's going to be very cool. So um, this is just night one. We're going to have a lot of. Uh, a lot of different. John, it feels like night one. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it feels like night wanna, one. Want to bring on a caller, and I will. Uh, I'll run and get Sherrod here. Sherrod, here we go. Sherrod. Nothing. Still not hearing. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Jimmy just Jimmy. joined. Why don't you yep. give me put Jimmy on? Jimmy, can you hear us, buddy? I can hear you. Oh, uh, what's up, my man? John, how are we doing? Can you hear me? This is Sherrod. Can you hear hey, me? Hey, Sherrod, oh, you there. did it. Sherrod, I can hear you, bro. I know that voice. Awesome. awesome. All right, excellent. Um, so, uh, guys, uh, just to intro Sherrod, obviously everybody knows who Sherrod Blakely is. We were just doing Celtics post game, and we are fried. We've been talking about this thing for an hour, so we do want to hear what you guys think. Sherrod's going to give us just an opening take here on tonight's game. Uh, in terms of the the stuff that you thought, and again, we started it with Rob, but it felt like it was a total team. Uh, just a team meltdown, Sherrod. Uh, you you got to get hot to melt down, and it never got hot at all. Right. This was this was bad. I mean, I, first of all, Rob did not play a great game. Obviously, you, you expect that against a guy like Joel because Joel is that damn good. But the turnovers, lack of shot selection, not getting any touches in the paint of significance, the defensive breakdowns. I mean, if there was an area, if you had a checklist of these are the things that you need to do to get your ass kicked. They pretty much hit everything that you could possibly check off that list. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. And uh, we got a couple speaker requests here. So I want to see – oh, quite a few. Uh, I want to see anybody in here that wants to jump in uh, and chat with us. We're going to start with our man Celtics fan here. Celtics fan, you yeah, were on with good. us earlier today. What's going yeah, on? Man. Not much. I feel like the missing thing that – all right, first off, the team has, has been trash. I think like that. that's pretty much been – obvious for the first part of the entire season but I think mm-hmm. first thing you need to start off is the defensive end right so I feel like you got to figure out ways to like per, per like make bad entry passes or make sloppy passes like I felt like the issues that we had were that Philadelphia would always like make sure we were making like like disrupting the passing or any form of smooth pass it was always like harder passes you weren't catching them in the right spots and then the second issue I feel like I think there needs to be more playmaking that needs to be addressed in the offseason. So I think Smart, relying on him fully to be your guy that's going to make decisions in terms of, like, finding your shooters or your cutters, like, I think you're going to need more than Smart because, like, he, I think it's clearly not sustainable for his overall playmaking. Yeah, it I was – go ahead, Sherrod. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought when they, when they signed Jeff Teague, I thought that was the role that he was going to play. He was going to give them a proven, established playmaker, a guy that knows how to get lots of different guys involved with – wasn't necessarily going to be someone that demanded a high volume of shots, but was going to be a much needed facilitator. And he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't until a couple of weeks before he got, they cut him loose where he really started playing the way you would ideally want him to play. And you're right, man. I mean, they, they need to have someone that is going to be much more of a facilitator to organize 
what's happening out there. They don't have to necessarily be the shot taker or necessarily make the assist per se, but they need someone to kind of organize things because they look right now a, a lot of good nights like just a really good pickup team. Uh, where a couple of guys have played with each other, but the other couple of guys on the floor are just kind of out there doing their thing, not really as connected as they need to be. And, you know, that that's I think Pritchard could potentially be that guy because I, I love his game. Um, and I think he does have that ability. But is he going to have the confidence to tell Tatum, I, I'm going to initiate the offense. You, Jalen, you guys move without the ball. I will get you the rock in your sweet spots. I don't know if he's gonna he's he's quite ready for that now or he'll be that ready in a year from now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that as well. Um Jimmy, I'm going to anybody on this list here that we know from our post game show we wanted to wet in, we got a lot of speaker requests right now. I'm gonna work in who am I gonna work in? I'm hmm. gonna give I'm gonna bring in Griffin. I don't hey, see, Gr- I don't I don't get uh, to see who's who's raising the hey, 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 Griffin. Hey, yeah, what's going on, on man? Um, I'm good. It just, uh, I was watching tonight and you can see Walker on defense. Like there was a time where Seth Curry got the ball, like five seconds, top of the key. And he just blew right by Walker. Like it was nothing. And that's Seth Curry. Like he's not even that good of a driver. Yeah. And you might just overplay on the, the shot there, right? You know, you yeah. got to jump out on him and that's and always Walker, a fear. On offense, yeah. He tried to go right back on him. He couldn't even get by him and he had to pass the ball. Yeah. Shake Milton went blown, blew by somebody today too. I forget who. Yeah, guys allow a lot Sherrod, of Sherrod, who was it? Shake blew by a couple people tonight. Shake, that's not yeah. good because that's yeah, not really his game. I know. You know, he, he's good at – I mean, he, he's a good dribble drive guy, but he's not a – you know, he he's not blowing by folks with regularity. So, uh, this was – again, this was another night where there just were a lot of defensive breakdowns. And I don't even think it's so much like miscommunication. I just think guys just aren't guarding their yard. You have a specific assignment, a specific area of coverage, and guys, they're just not getting it done, period. Yeah, it, it was, again, you're, as you said earlier, it's, it was a total team meltdown. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, and you can't even get it going. Uh, I'm going to work in a couple more people here. We're going to bring in Ben. Uh, ben, uh, ben, can you hear hey, us? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, can not you hear me? What's up, Ben? We got you. Not much. Can you hear me all right now? Yeah, fire away. All right, cool. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I've i just been kind of feeling the same vibe as the rest of Celtics fans this year. I, I don't know if I was too surprised by this loss tonight. Like, uh, nope. They haven't really shown that they're going to come out and, and play well against really good teams when, when in the past it was the problem that they would just play down to people. Um, it just seems like they're just not playing. Uh, kind of like Sherrod said, they're just playing like a pickup team. Uh, I don't know. Just fed up with it for the most part, but I, I do agree that uh, COVID is probably a huge, huge factor for it. Well, we we talk, and thanks for thank you for hanging, man. Uh, the we talked about it a bit on the post game show. We have, um, uh, you know, it's a team that has such a small margin for error, but also it's amazing that it feels like they're just it, 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 any single thing that goes wrong, whether it's you know Fournier missing the game or or Embiid, you know, or Williams being in foul trouble, they can't overcome small things, you know, and it's just. Anytime they're faced with adversity, they seem to wither. Uh, and this was, this is, I think, what made tonight such a tough game. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, you talked about it. It was just like such a sobering game. It was like, uh, you know, we're not as good as these guys, you know? It's like, and it's just, it, it didn't feel like it was close ever. 
Yeah, this was kind of the fear when you're watching them, you know, dismantle a, a Hornets team with with no offensive players playing and, you know, a Rockets team with no real NBA players playing. You're like, well, is this fool's gold? You know, we know this. We know the Sixers are, are, are looming here. And then to see what that Fournier is going to miss the one, that was kind of like sort of took the wind out of your sails a little bit. It almost felt like the Celtics played that way. It almost felt like they almost showed up thinking like, well, you know, we're missing, you know, the guy that we – that we traded for hoping to be able to compete with a team like this. And I said it on the show. It's like, they don't win games that you don't expect them to win. I mean, you can probably look at a couple this year, like to the Bucks and the Clippers, but overall, I think this was a game that everyone thought they were going to lose. And then they, they lost and they didn't just lose. Like the score shows that they lost by 10, but this was a, you know, 15, 20 point blowout type loss where it was like Embiid and then everybody else. It just didn't feel like they were, competing and that was kind of like why i say yeah i was like it was a little sobering i was like damn like these are the types of teams that they're going to see in the playoffs not the rockets you know not you know the thunder or you know if they see the hornets in the playoffs you know i I would imagine that they're going to have hayward back and they're going to look a lot different than they did earlier this week so it was just you know one of those games yeah all right i'm i'm welcoming but that's the problem but jimmy that's the problem though it's like this every damn week I know it's, it's not just one. It's it's one of them damn seasons for these guys. Yeah, I know. Um, the it's one of them damn seasons. Absolutely. And and it's it's frustrating. I, I know for Celtics fans because remember when you look at this team at its core, and by core I'm talking about Tatum, I'm talking about Brown, I'm talking about Smart, and you look at the amount of legit deep playoff run experience that these guys have, and. Knowing what you have to do in order to be successful there and knowing what you have to go through in a regular season to get there, it's surprising to see them not compete more consistently. It's surprising to see, and when I say them, I'm talking about the entire team, but that team is led by the guys who've been there, done that before. And there there seems to be a disconnect between what these guys know how to do and what they actually are doing. Uh, I, I don't... I have absolutely no doubt that this Celtics team knows exactly what it takes to put together good basketball play and go deep into the playoffs. But can they do it? And so far, more nights than not, the answer is no. And there's no rhyme or reason for that. It's not. And again, it's not like two or three years ago when you had the youth factor that came into play. Like, well, I'm not sure if these guys are mm-hmm. ready. And as, as someone pointed out to me earlier today, in the last four years, they've been to the conference finals three out of the four times. The one year they didn't go was the year we expected them to, when you had Kyrie Irving and, and Al Horford and, and Gordon Hayward and all those guys were in a position where, on paper, they looked like the best team in the East. And, you know, this person was, was, was definitely – they were drinking a glass half full and then some, thinking maybe they're going to make a run like that this year. They're not expected to go deep into the playoffs. Hell, some might – some think they might not even make the playoffs. But that's when this team tends to be at their best in the postseason and surprises. I'm not there yet. I, I can't. I, I can't feel them flipping a switch like that because I just don't. There's don't that's the thing. Like that. There's no switch, and if it was, if they could flip it, they would have flipped it at least once or twice. There is no. We waited on that Kyrie team to flip a switch all year, 
and and Jimmy and I were lockstep with this. Cover, we were down at the garden covering games, and, and I'm just shaking my head at these guys. We were about to do garden reports, and I'm like, can we talk about how this team is friggin' absolutely dead and going nowhere, and Kyrie's poisonous, and everyone's like, no way, dude. They're going to flip the switch, and I just was like, all right, whatever. I just... I, and and yeah. <laughs> I, I see nothing in this one too. I want to welcome in. I, I, I opened it up here. Uh, one of our guys. This is a this is a, a regular. Yasu how's it going, Yogo. George? Dikanis. How's, Dikanis how's it going, guys? Hello, Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, what up, George? Great. This is your, it... this is Yorgo. This is George, one of my Greek brothers from Australia, joining the show, that's, which is awesome. That's the one. Yeah, and and he's in the chats every single game, and he's there. Uh, he's been a, a loyal listener. It's it's, it's good to it's good to hear your voice, man. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been here since you guys started against. Uh, was it Toronto? You guys started the post games. We started um, last year in the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was that was some good fun in that Toronto <laughs> series. But God, how depressing was today? Seriously, oh my God! It it started like we were all. I know, I know it's. And you guys make a good point. Like. We expected, like everyone expected us to lose, but like we were so excited coming into it, you know, Rob going against, you know, Embiid and he just comes out and fouls three times. Like, it's like, oh, oh. so demoralizing, you know, but, um, you know, I thought the third foul that he committed, it was a weird one because they came, I don't know, maybe he just got switched onto Corkmars, but Grant Williams was on Howard and then um, he, he, you know, Corkmars pump fakes and he gets him for a third foul and that's just like, you know, game plan at the window, kind of what that we was were it. expecting, you know. But, like, it, you know, it's, it, was, it was one of those, like, you guys probably mentioned it, but, you know, just waiting and waiting and waiting for, a, you know, a bit of a run that just didn't come. Like, I remember looking at halftime, Tatum, he had, what, five points, five, a two of nine, and it's just like, oh, man. Like, you got, you got them, you got Embiid on their team just going nuts. Obviously, he's he's a freak, but... You know, and then Tatum, our man, is just not doing anything. But uh, it was a frustrating one. It really was. But, I mean, they're a good team. But uh, it's just kind of the same story for us. Yeah. George, thank you for hanging. Thank you for, uh, you know, joining us in this chat and obviously all of the uh, all of the post-game shows. Keep coming back. Hang here as well if you want. We're going to keep going on. But I agree 100%, guys. This is the thing is when you look around the room, like – it's always like, you know, you're right. They get down at halftime and you're looking and you're like, who's going to be the guy? Like, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Do you look at it and be like, don't worry, Tatum will lead us back. Don't worry, Blank will lead us back. It doesn't feel like that's a thing. I don't know if you guys think it. It just I, – I don't feel it with this team. I don't feel like, don't worry, Tatum's going to turn it on. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I never know. That's the problem. You don't have – you don't have that consistency from your superstar. Every every game, you're wondering, you know, is Tatum going to play? Is Tatum going to be Tatum tonight, or is is Brown going to be Brown? And and on the nights where neither of them seem to have have it going, you know, you, you have performance. You have a you have a game that kind of looks like this one. I mean, again, it was like if you if you were just a casual NBA fan and not up on either one of these teams, you would have been like, who's this Embiid? You know, this Embiid guy is far and away the best player on the court, and there's really nobody else out there. And I mean, that's what you need to be saying about Tatum because Tatum's supposed to be that top 10 NBA player. I mean, coming into the season, he was ranked right around like 10 top 10. Right. And, and now, you know, when you talk about young players in this league, he's ranked right around the top five. So the one thing I think missing is that level of level of consistency from Tatum. And it's not necessarily just getting him going, but 
his ability to get other guys going. The one thing I've noticed is that Tatum doesn't seem to get a lot of his teammates going, or Brown or, or Brown can't seem to get some of his teammates going. And when they don't get it going, you just have a flat performance. You know, we saw them whipping the ball around like crazy and against, um, you know, Charlotte, against uh, Houston, and that was all fine and dandy. But then they come out and play it like they did tonight. It's almost like just falling into bad habits again. That's what's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I got I got real quick. I got Bobby Manning joining the chat from the Celtics postgame show. And Bobby, <laughs> has, Bobby literally has been – he's just – He's, he's blowing, he's blowing us up, up on text because he's got so much Rob rage right now, and he's just so much <laughs> Rob slander that he wants to unload on this chat. And so we'll let oh, him. Man. Go ahead, Bobby. Easy, Re- Bobby. We'll kick Bo- you right Bobby, out of this locker room. Bobby, Re- John, Bobby was too busy giving Brad a raise and a promotion. You know, the next conversation we're going to have is Brad, versus, <laughs> is Brad versus Doc, but I'm not having oh, it I'm yet. There. But Bobby, welcome. Bobby, so this welcome. Is, welcome this to the is chat, my, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> For all the for all the fire Brad people who've been screaming and yelling in the chat all year, this is exactly what Brad was talking about when it came to Rob. Everyone thought Brad was so dumb and couldn't see what was in front of him and Rob, the savior who was gonna completely reverse the team's fortunes. And this John, is the kind of stuff that drove him crazy. He playing um, against the MVP of the league, Bobby. Yeah, but yeah, this wasn't a Hassan Whiteside out again, there. This was freaking Joel Embiid. Right. Yeah, but what, yeah. did people and, say about, what did people say about Daniel Tice? Oh, oh upgrade on Tice. Bobby. Tice can't handle it. Bobby, Bobby. Tice was able to last the whole game. I, I, no, I'm not going to boot. Bobby, what does Embiid average on the season? Like 30 points a game, right? 30, yeah. Great. He scored 35. Big freaking deal. Like, that's what he does every night, okay? Every and Taco night. got minutes. Oh, Embiid. Embiid played exactly the way Embiid plays, okay? You're not going to stop him. The problem with Rob isn't not being able to stop Embiid because nobody does. The problem with Rob is that he just didn't stay on his feet where all he needed – what he needed to do was not try to stop Embiid tonight. That was the most important thing. Yeah, and he wasn't able to execute that game And so, right, he had – uh, he had poor discipline and fouled and left his feet. That's going to negate an entire season's worth of this guy becoming probably your third best overall player. And right now your best playmaker and a guy who's completely opened up the offense since he's been getting more minutes. And we're going to toss it out the window because he had a bad no, night against there's, the best player great, in the league. And we're going to start pining for Daniel starting. Tice again. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, but there's great responsibility to starting, spe- specifically when you move Tice out to make this happen. So all of a sudden, everything's on Rob. So in a game like this, or really any game, when we think about this team's personnel at center, this is what we talked about with possibly bringing Drummond in. If Rob takes himself out of a game, either mentally or isn't in the right position for large stretches or is fouling too much, and he does average about three fouls a game, okay, the team can automatically J- lose. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum had five points at the half on two of nine but shooting. But is Tatum going to foul out of a game? No, but Tatum is requi- Tatum's job description is to not do that. Okay, his job description is to score. Okay, and he didn't do that. And nobody's sitting here. I don't uh, saying you're not sitting here saying I don't know if Jason Tatum is the right guy for this team. Like, uh, there's a lot of people that didn't do their jobs tonight. Okay, you can look up and down that lineup. If we want to make it about one guy, we can. But again, you're making it about one guy who had the toughest matchup of everybody and obviously failed the test. He failed, and that's the thing. I mean, if you can look at it. He failed. I, I try to look at it. Micro, not macro. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put this, you know, and project it like, oh, Rob's not an NBA caliber center and all this stuff. I mean, 
He had a tough matchup, and he absolutely fell flat on his face. His fouls were ticky-tack, like inexperienced-type level fouls. And at the end of the day, he is inexperienced. The Celtics didn't play him for two and a half seasons. So, exactly. really, there's, there's a lot for him to learn. And, and trust me, Joel Embiid is going to teach him, the, you know, teach him out there on the court. And, I'm, and it was disappointing. You know, the, the, <laughs> the first key to this game was Rob had to stay on the court and, you know, and at least make it difficult for Embiid. He didn't do either of those things. And Embiid made him pay. You know, it kind of, for me, I kind of leave it at that. I mean, I'm not letting Rob off the hook by any means. I mean, in a performance like that is embarrassing. I'm sure he's embarrassed. And yeah. I hope that he can use that as right. a tool, you know? We're talking, well, about Dan, Dan, we're talking about missing Daniel Tice for his... Right, that's di- too much. For no, his, that's, for, that's too far. Daniel Tice... Oh, Daniel, he couldn't stay on the court in the bubble. Daniel Tice for his out. discipline in fouling? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Daniel Tice fouled once every three minutes on the court. Like, Daniel yeah. Tice is a freaking fouling machine. That's the guy who was going to stay on the court tonight? Give me a break. Daniel Tice, Daniel Tice has two fouls on him but the second he steps on the court. Like, the, the, the refs just blow right. the whistle twice and say, you've got two fouls. Embiid. You think, really think he's going to get a, a, oh my a single God, break against this Embiid? Take. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the thing about just making this so much about Rob, which it shouldn't be. Remember early on in Embiid's career when they would play the Celtics and Al Horford would absolutely kick his ass? Now... Al didn't beat him because he was a better player. Al was able to outperform because he was a smarter player. He was a more experienced player. He used the tools of experience to his advantage, and it took Joel Embiid a hell of a long time to figure out how to be effective against Al Horford. Because remember, a lot of games, the way that Rob was on the bench early with foul troubles, Joel Embiid was that dude two or three years ago when he was going against a seasoned all-star caliber player. Eventually, he figured out how to be more effective, stay on the floor longer, be more impactful. Now, does that mean Rob is going to be Joel Embiid 2.0? No, but he is going to figure this out because he's talented enough to be that type of player. He's good enough in, in a system that's going and to God allow damn it, people him like him. Be... And God damn it, people like him, right? And it, well, well, there's yeah. that, but I just think talent-wise, that's going to eventually rise to the top. Combined with experience, he's going to be better. I'm not ready yeah, to. I'm not ready to I'm... put him on a curb. You know, with, I'm good with, uh, enough, I'm smart enough, and people like me, right, Sherrod? What's that? That's, I was doing my I was doing my SNL bit. Um, I want to welcome. I don't know if this is from our post game show, but I'm going to bring in Julian. We have a Julian who is there all the time, every night. This could be you. Can you hear us? Yeah. Hi. It is me. I love I love your guys' show. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, you're there every night. This is like you know George is one of our super fans. Julian's there all the time, man. It's it's awesome it. being able to have you on. What's Appreciate going on? you, man. Yeah, 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 it's awesome. I actually started watching you guys uh, when the bubble started. Yeah. Oh, he's an he's an OG then. He's an OG. One point yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So actually, I wanted to. I know a lot of people have been talking about the game tonight, but I wanted to float a theory I've had by you guys. Oh, good. Too. I love this. So, basically, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, and I, I think there's a lot of similarities between the Patriots season and the Celtics season. Because if you think about it, they've both been completely ravaged by COVID, uh, you know, throughout the season. And then after that, you have the fact that uh, they didn't really have big expectations going into it. Like, they're mildly talented, but nothing special. And so you look at the Patriots season now, everybody's thinking, you know, what, what are we going to do now? We, we, we want to trade up, but we're at 15. I'm sure if you ask any Patriots fan, they say they throw that Jets and Cardinals game to be in a top seven pick. 
isn't it time now for the Patriots to just kind of think, you know, let's, uh, for the Celtics to think, let's just, you know, maybe we give Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum the Kemba treatment, give them the, the back-to-back soft. How how do you prepare for next season knowing that well, you probably don't so have So again, this is and Julian, thank you for 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 hanging. It's look, we joke about it a little bit, um, and it's you know, it, look, I, there's people here. I I half joke about the tank. I do not believe they will or even really can. Um, or should, I, but should they? yes, but I think they should in the sense <laughs> of I believe that we know where. I feel the equation changed a little with Fournier because you were like, let's see what this looks like. But honestly, do I believe this team has a shot of getting any further than round two? I think very slim percentage. And if you kind of know that, yes, it's not in your best interest to kind of, it's certainly not in your best interest to make the playoff as an eighth seed and get, then get dumped. That's the worst thing. You don't want to be stuck in that middle class. Could you? possibly fall into the 8, 9, 10 slot, have a shot at winning the lottery? Absolutely. Would that help you? Yes, absolutely. I just don't think it's possible. Uh, I, I think it'd be preferable to what I think is the inevitable end to this season. I mean, the let's pro- be real. Pro- like, the- Sherrod, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say the, the problem that you run into if if you go down that road is while it may help you improve your draft position – you may wind up getting a top 10 pick. What well, a couple problems with that. Number one, if it's not a top three pick, the Celtics typically don't do well with that pick. It's either top three or bottom of the first round. That's kind of their sweet spot. Everything in the middle, they don't nail it down pat. The other thing, and to me, this is the bigger concern I have, is if you say, Jason, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna not have you play back to backs. Same thing with you, Jalen. You are sending a message to them that I think is incredibly dangerous about keeping them in the fold long term. Because you are basically telling this 23, 24-year-old kids, 22-year-olds, we're going to wave the white flag right now. Right now. And hopefully we'll get a good pick. And if we don't get the pick or the player that we want, you have already created this, this culture that is embracing losing, and that's bad. We, look at Philadelphia. They, they, I mean, right now, Philadelphia is looking really good. But, damn, look how many bad seasons they've gone through. And to be where right now, they're what, maybe one of the top three teams in the East? You're, they're not even the best team by far, and yet they've been consistently losing, and they realize that they had to change their culture. That's, that's why Doc Rivers is there. Doc is a great coach, but they knew under Brett Brown that culture of losing, even as they got more talent, even as they began to rack up more wins, they still had that stigma of trusting the process. And the process yeah. was built on getting your ass kicked so on we being can get a loser. assets. Yeah. I, I can't see Danny Ainge ever embracing that. And if he ever did, you better prepare for Jason and or Jalen to be looking elsewhere sooner rather than later because those guys aren't built to lose they want to win and they may not be playing their greatest basketball right now but there's absolutely no doubt in my mind yeah. both of those guys would have a problem if you were to inject that type of losing mentality in this culture because they're better than that yeah Bob, bobby bobby quick your take here and i do i, I that's the one thing I, I just wanted to say that's the one thing i agree with 
Um, on, and that's why I was against it at the beginning of the year. I said they're not tanking because you can't do that to the stars. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying if it happened naturally, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I just don't think it will right. for those reasons. So I agree. If, for example, Jalen's knee got a little balky and he started to sit and then, you know, Kemba again, you start to rest him a little bit and all of a sudden you slip to the 10, 11 spot and you're like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you just kind of let it happen on its own, but you're right. You're not walking up to those guys and saying, guys, we think we're going to friggin' shut it down and shut well, you it, down. It, it, you can't do that. They missed the chance to do it too, and I, I thought of that possibility at the deadline. You can take one or two directions here, improve or subtract pieces. And they actually kind of did a little bit of both, but uh, it, it was trying to work. They did, but you were hoping they'd get an asset for the dump, and they didn't really, but you're right. Yeah, they did yeah. a little of that. Yeah, I love the Philly comparison because if you look at the Philly team, after Boston smoked them round one, it looked like they were done. The Embiid Simmons combo, it almost seemed yeah. inevitable that they were going to Loser that stank. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And they fired their coach. So that had something to do with it. But they also fired their GM, in effect. And the new GM mm-hmm. came in, Daryl Morey, made some nice ancillary moves. They dumped the Horford contract. Green and Curry have made a massive impact here. Great draft pick in Tyrese Maxey. And all those things have added up. And you know, part of it was Embiid also looking inward and saying, how can I do stuff that better befits the team we have now at this point? You know, how can I better impact the situation? And it's it's pretty parallel to Boston. Like, ultimately, Tatum and Brown are going to have to say, how can we transform our games this offseason to fit this new role we have? Maybe they get an opportunity or, or- to dump Kemba, and that helps them. And then you got to add some mid-tier pieces. And they started doing that with Fournier, but they probably need one more. I was Bobby, yeah. and, and to that last point, Bobby, I I, I co-sign with that. They need to start thinking about how can we build around Jason and Jalen. What are the pieces that can complement what they do well, so that we can have a balanced team that we're not so reliant on those guys in ISO situations. I think that has to be a focus in this offseason. Yeah, real quick, I want to tell everybody. I just put it in the chat here. Uh, make sure you guys, if you can. Check out our sponsor, um, one of our other sponsors, obviously Locker Room being one, but betonline.ag, our uh, exclusive gambling partner over at CLNS Media. Use the code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on mm. your initial deposit. And again, uh, that's betonline.ag, CLNS50, 50% welcome bonus. Uh, we had somebody who joined us earlier in one of our chats said they laid some money on Philly. That was a nice bet. I believe the line was only 1.5 there. <laughs> that was uh, a great line. That was a great line. Almost looked like a trap, right? Because, man, did that look juicy. Well, um, Philly is stunk on the road. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But that, that looked too good to be true. I do want to whip through some more of our um, – uh, some more of our uh, – we got a lot of people here requesting to speak, so I'm going to bring on uh, uh, Jake. Jake. Uh, hey. Jake, are you – Jake, you're in our show all the time, right? Oh, I love it. Every night. Love it. So this is another regular of our post-game show. Uh, and again, it's awesome that we actually get a chance to interact with you guys. So uh, welcome to Locker Room uh, and fire away with whatever comment or question you have. Man, this is great. All right. I yeah. got an idea for you guys. You ready? Uh, yeah. Seven first-round picks. We get yeah. Grant oh, Williams. Oh, no. Oh, don't say that to Oh, uh, Bobby, that. did you pay him? <laughs> and uh, we're going to get Steph Curry over here for those seven first-round picks. That's my plan. Another little plan. guard. <laughs> this is Bobby's dream. Uh, no, I got I got two things for you guys. Yeah, One, say, say the real thing now. Yeah, the real thing. <laughs> Tatum's, Tatum's slow starts. It feels like every game I'm looking at the box score at the end of the first quarter, and he's got two points, zero points. 
you know, usually at the end of the game, he's finding his way up in the mid-20s. But what do we think is a story there in the first quarter with this guy? Well, um, I, I have a quick thing on that because this bugs me like crazy. I brought this up in the chat with you guys the other day. What, is there another team out there that routinely takes out its best player before the six-minute mark of the first quarter every game? Because I find that – I know that's been the rotation. It just drives me bananas because you have that and – Brad doesn't necessarily say we're getting Jason involved early, just kind of whatever happens, happens. So sometimes not only does he not get going because he's cold, sometimes he doesn't even get a shot. He's left at the six-minute mark with one field goal attempt sometimes, and you're like, okay, well, I guess that's what they're doing. I find it so odd. It's such a strange thing where it gets him out of his rhythm. Guys, I don't know if you have a take on that, but both of those things always irk me. Yo, can you hear me? Oh, you got okay. that Brockton yeah. Wi-Fi, oh, no. I think. <laughs> it made its way to here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know where the show sways at. Yeah, I don't know where he's at. No, but, John, I agree with you. I, I guess I couldn't say if, you know, a lot of other teams do it that way. But it does feel like kind of rec league-ish where it's like, oh, six-minute mark, everybody in, everybody out, you know, like got to keep them to the minutes. And, you know, I, I'm more of the belief where you just ride the hot hand or get the guy going. I, I, I agree with, uh, with Jake. I mean, Tatum starts – have been so like uninspiring and like blah, and it's almost like I feel. It's like almost like he hits that second quarter and he's like, "All right, I got to turn it on now and look right." Yeah, I don't know if he has to change his pregame pregame you know meal or whatever his whatever he's doing pregame. He needs to do it a little bit sooner in the day so he can get going for game time because you're right. It's it's slow. It's uninspiring. And, Nine a.m. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if if the team's kind of feeding off of that and, and they're not getting going because of it, I don't know. It's a good question yeah. though. I'll put one other thing out there and then I'll jump off. Uh, the last one with Sherrod, you were kind of hinting at Beal or there might be some kind of big move in the off season. It just feels like everything is kind of building towards something with Jalen. I don't know. Even just the body language. I know you guys talk about the dynamic with Tatum and Brown. It feels like everything's kind of building to move there. And as well as he was playing at the start of the season, it feels like it's, kind of stagnated a bit and I don't know do you feel like it's time to sell that stock now with Brown and trade in for another asset or do you feel like he really has another level I see Jalen's a hard one for me because I want to keep him Uh, I want to keep him because the greatest quality that he brings to the table since he's been a Boston Celtic is every year he's noticeably better than he was the year before and when you start looking at guys around the NBA there just aren't a lot of guys like that. There's, there are guys that come into the league, and they're damn near all-stars from day one. And so for them to make that leap, like, I look at a guy like Trey Young, for example. You know, he has gotten better since he's been in the NBA, but he hasn't made this this significantly major leap because he was already close to being that good when he started. You look at Jalen Brown, you know, he was a guy when he came into the NBA, people weren't really sure whether he was going to be anything more than a 3 and D guy. And then... You know, every year, some part of his game got better. He went from a guy that was, you know, all about defense and an occasional corner three to a guy that's finishing at the rim, dunking on folks. Uh, And and now, you know, he's an all-star. So I'm he's a tough one to think about parting with. It has to be someone that significantly moves the needle. I mean, it has to be like a a deal involving a Bradley Beal type of player for me to feel comfortable with that because Jalen, I do believe, is going to get better uh, than he is right now, and he's pretty damn good right now. Uh, so d- that, that's a hard one for me to envision 
what kind of talent I'm going to get in return for him because I just think he's just one of those guys that's going to constantly find ways to get better the longer he's in the game and the more he gets experience and, and frankly gets the freedom to do what I think he is meant to do, and that is to be a top-tier, upper-echelon player in the game. Uh, we're going to welcome in Antonio, who I believe – let me see if I got him in here. Uh, Antonio, are you in? I'll just say this real quick oh, before Antonio. Yeah, okay, just, no problem. You talking to me? No, go for it. I was trying to get Antonio in, but uh, it's getting oh, glitchy you, on me. He, okay, he's okay. in now, but go ahead, Jimmy, talk. Yeah, Antonio. no, just, just we'll get to you in a second. Which yeah. sure I said, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree that it does feel like if if there was a player between Tatum or Brown, I mean, it does feel like Brown would probably be the guy over Tatum to to be included in a trade, and it's it's risky though because like 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 you say, like you know, there might be that other level of of Brown. Um, certainly, he wouldn't be included in anything short of a blockbuster you'd have to be getting a legit star slash superstar in return so i think like it would need to be a perfect situation it would need to be like a beal-esque player um that you know wants out and you know even probably wants to come to boston in order to make make something like that happen other than brown i feel like your only tradable asset really is rob you know if as long as we burn the film from tonight's game i think rob's still a player that um, other other GMs around the league would certainly be interested in. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to bring you back Beal, but certainly a piece that you could include in a in a big package to get yeah. you know a, serv- a a good player in return. Yeah, Bobby willing to give him up for like a six eight backup center. Yeah, yeah, you know bananas maybe. Yeah, which would be fine. That's really if you can get that for Rob. If you can get like a Tice type player, I think you're fine. Uh, Antonio, <laughs> let's yeah. Antonio uh, uh, unmute yourself and join. I think Antonio jumped onto one of our tests from earlier tonight i apologize for that so i wanted to reward you by at least letting you jump in here when we're actually talking ball uh and uh fire away with any questions or comments you have i think this y'all talk about trading either one of the jays is freaking ridiculous because (laughs) (laughs) thank you like they've they've done nothing but win these three four years they've been in the league and they have one down season and everybody's like trade them it's freaking crazy you know what, you just go into the offseason, you get better players, you don't get players like Tristan Thompson and Jeff T who aren't even freaking playing right now. And you got to build the team around them. You got Kemba Walker on a bad contract. He's owed like, what, $73 million in the next two years, you know. When you really mm-hmm. could have had D'Angelo Russell, you could have signed and traded Kyrie for D'Angelo or anybody else, you know what I'm saying. Putting yeah. it on them when they're 23 and 24 and they haven't even reached their prime, that's just crazy to me how so, we can talk about trading them. And again, oh, I, I think, Antonio, most of us would agree that um, it's not trading them because they're you're trying to move on from them. It's trading them because they might be the only way you can overcome some of those bad decisions that you've mentioned, which is you you are it's a team without a lot of roster flexibility. If you're gonna make a splashy move, you have to make you have to trade big pieces and hope that what comes back is better. It doesn't mean that it necessarily will be. But I don't think it's a let's get Jalen out of town, he looks sulky and sad. I think it's a you might need to reset here because You've blew it with the off-season picks. You've missed on a couple of drafts. You let Gordon walk for nothing. Kyrie walked for nothing. Uh, and 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 uh, you've got Kemba on a bad contract. And you might need to trade some good with some bad. You might need to package a Jalen and a Kemba. You know, like, I don't know. But that's why people are talking about it. I don't think it's necessarily an indictment on the players themselves, guys. 
Agreed. Yeah, and this is, this isn't an emergency. They both signed five years. Right. I I know sometimes we talk about are they best friends? Well, you know, there's been plenty of players, Shaq and Kobe most notably, who hated each other, who won it all together if they could make it work on the floor. And you know, in years past, these two have gotten it done on the floor together. So I think that gets overplayed a little bit. Now, is Brown untouchable? No, but I still no. don't really see a deal where he's a definitive uh, upgrade or something that makes the team better in the long term or any uh, argument that you could imagine for doing such a move, especially after you ink a long-term deal with him. You know, you come to kind of a fair number there, and he makes a home, uh, per se, here in Boston and, you know, grows and improves. And all the stuff we talked about, there's value to all of that, especially for a guy that you picked. I mean, we talked about Terry Roger the other day, and I wasn't arguing for keeping Roger, but I think an argument you would have made for keeping Roger is that he's grown here, they picked him, they improved with him, this young core was moving in a certain direction with those guys, and you want to continue and see that come to fruition. I mean, Brown and Tatum have almost hurt themselves by having so much success so early. Like, if they didn't do all this so far, there wouldn't be the expectation to have another East Finals run this year, maybe even an NBA Finals run to build off that. But at the end of the day, they're 22, they're 23. They haven't even hit their primes yet. So, I mean, these are the two to build around. I I think some of the injuries and stuff that's happened this year have shown the spotlight too bright on them as uh, characters of blame here. Now, night in and night out, they could do certain things that you might blame them for. Uh, Tatum's isolation style has been tough to watch at times this year. But we're starting to see them do some of the things that the best players in the league do. And that can be frustrating sometimes. I mean, Lakers fans get frustrated with some of LeBron's tendencies on certain nights. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of the way the best players in the league carry themselves and that they're slowly reaching closer to that echelon. Don't bring don't bring LeBron up and talking about these guys, please. Just just don't bother. <laughs> but I'm no, saying, um, this um, team has this Antonio, team has its core pieces. It does. It does. Yeah. And Antonio, thanks for the thanks for the um, comment and everything. I, I, I would agree with with Antonio. I mean, to this point where. You're not looking to trade these guys. Again, it would need to be a, a very rare situation or circumstance that would arise that would allow you to consider to trade Tatum or Brown for all the reasons you, that Bobby just mentioned. And I mean, just look at the the team they played tonight and Bede and Simmons. I mean, those were those were two players that everyone said, you know, they can't play together. You know, one of them needs to go. Who's it going to be? And what they do, they fired Brett. They fired Brett Brown. They hired Doc Rivers, and now they're you know one of the favorites in the East, and everything's great over there. So and they still don't fit that great together. They just put a better team around, them right? Empower each yeah. other, right? They, yeah, with some shoot, and, shooting, sh- a little shooting help, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think again, I, I think Danny Ainge's last resort is to get rid of Brown and, and Tatum. I, I I don't think we know and we don't know enough about those two players yet. We don't know that they can't lead the Celtics team We don't know for a fact that they hate each other, but they might. We, we don't. They, That's they, the Joe Sway. <laughs> the evidence is building. The evidence is building by the game, but we don't know it as a fact. We don't know for a fact. We're just we, we're not just going to throw it out there baselessly. Uh, let me get to a, um, a man you all have been waiting for a long time. I want to bring uh, bring them on. Uh, can you hear us okay? Emmanuel? He's running to the phone. Hello? I'm sorry. Yes, what's up, man? No, no, no. You've been waiting patiently. I wanted to get to you. What's going oh, on? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, my my thing is, I feel like Jalen Brown should be, like, I don't think we should, like, mess with Jalen Brown at all. I think he's done too much. And the way we kind of, like, I guess, like, talk about him in, like, a negative light, he does so much for the team. 
that I think we should, you know, chill, chill on like Jalen. Yeah. I think I we think like, he, I think everyone likes Jalen. I think it, what ends up happening, as we said, is when you look at Tatum and Brown, it always feels like if you're, if you're going to make a big move, who are you keeping? It feels like Tatum's that guy. Doesn't mean that's necessarily so. So it always falls on Jalen. I don't know if it's a knock on him, though. I think it's just uh, the opposite. I, I think it's, it's a sign of respect that he's, he's that Jaylen good. He Brown, might be able to net you a big haul. He's kind of gotten you hard in. He's the, uh, to me, he's the most attractive asset that you have on your team right now. Um, and I, the more, the more I think about it and kind of go back and forth, the more I find myself just basically wanting to attach myself to his ankles and not let him go. Cause I keep thinking that guy's just going to keep getting better. Um, and all the proof and all the receipts that I see back that up because every year he has gotten significantly better. And you just don't get opportunities to have elite players who continue to get better, hold their own against the best of the best, and want to play for your team and aren't, you know, kind of, you know, stargazing, you know, for for teams that maybe have a little bit more name recognition or have this superstar that they want to pair with. He wants to get it done in Boston. And I respect the hell out of him for that because, let's be honest, the last few years we've seen a number of guys – who are on the rise, have that kind of that cachet, if you will, kind of look at Boston and be like, nah, I'm good. And Jalen is not like that. Jalen wants to get it done here. And to his credit, since he's been with the Boston Celtics, I don't think it's just a coincidence that his play has improved and they've been a contender pretty much every year he's been here. Now, is that going to play out again this year? We don't know. There's still a lot of season left to be played. But I, I would not... I would not put it on him as being the reason why this team isn't winning or isn't having the kind of success because I think he's had a hell of a year. But if you're looking to make a change, you're going to have to take an inventory of your best assets. And I think Jalen is their best asset because, again, his age, his talent, this, his growth curve is all is trending in the right direction. I would have a hard time seeing him go elsewhere. But if you were to move him, it better be, again, the Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Bills, guys that are in that upper, upper tier of talent in the NBA. But it doesn't, uh, Sherrod, it almost seems like Tatum, this is Nick, by the way. Who the hell is this guy? Tatum and Brown are playing on opposite ends of the court. They're, where, where's the chemistry? Like, it's like they're not in the same gym. And I look at Brown, and every year he comes back improved. Tatum's amazing, but are you confident he's going to stick around in today's NBA? I'm more confident Jalen would. Well, when I look at them play, they they remind me a little bit of what you see in Portland with McCollum and Lillard. Good, I mean, those good. guys they, they they don't they don't really play like a joint with each other. Yet they're really impactful players. Tatum and Brown are kind of like basically more bigger wing like versions of those two guys. The key for the Celtics, and, and again, we talked about this earlier. They have to do a better job of building the right kind of talent around those two. Uh, and I don't think they did a good job of that this year. They got some players who could do some things. But by and large, the guys that they brought in just didn't get it done. And you start looking at the roster, there's a reason why Tatum and Brown yeah. were both all-stars. But, on and, a team and, and, that when coaches were making those picks, you know, well, well Tatum was, a, uh, um, was one of the guys selected. But those guys – they're not playing with the kind of guys right now that are just, I think, filling those voids that they can't fill. Well, well 
Ainge got off to the right start. I do have to give Ainge some credit because I've been blasting him all year. Wow. Put together. I mean, he made a great trade at the deadline. You're giving up two second-round picks, which is basically nothing, uh, for NBA starter in Fournier. And that was a real starting point in this rebuild uh, back from what you've talked about, Nick, all the guys that they've lost. And all the picks and all the players they've lost will make it difficult to build forward, certainly. Bobby, it yeah, seems but like think- Bobby. Celtics fans, even in this chat room, they look at it like Danny has not brought anything to the table. Danny has brought superstars to Boston, and Brad has lost – someone has lost them. I I don't know what – like this season, like everybody's, oh, this roster sucks. Well, you know what it does? The last three didn't. The last – yeah, and, you know, they made solid runs in two of the three years. The Eastern Conference Final isn't holds. solid anymore. Not after 10 years, 12 years, or whatever. I can't believe that's your take on it, Nick. Because Why? I feel like you would be able to appreciate a really good run, especially in 2018, where they weren't expected to go anywhere. I appreciate uh, 20- that, but, but you look at coaching in the in Game 7, the last, the last minute of the game, it was ridiculous. How about... The year before was amazing, Isaiah. But no one's contesting the fact that Brad can make people overachieve when they're young. It's when they develop, in my opinion, the attitude, their stars. They seem to outgrow. Well, we'll see. And, you know, what no, we, we are seeing it, too, is we're. Okay, we're so we've got we're... Nick with his anti Brad agendas and Bobby with his anti Rod agendas. Start? I know, I love it. Bobby, yeah, this I love is. You. This is no, what I mean, we've got all, here. Yeah. This is a tricky thing too that we have to, you know, bring in the thing here. And I know Brad's talked about the resiliency of this team, but the results we're talking about when it comes to Brad that we're highlighting are this year and the bubble. And all no. I thought they overachieved yeah, all right, guys. in the bubble. No, yeah. sorry, John. No, Bobby. No. You you got to start with Kyrie and Gordon. That's where you start. Well, there were a bunch of characters involved yeah, in that. Yeah, it was a superstar work. team. If you had the right coach, you manage that for those personalities, you could have done something. All right, we're gonna work. We're gonna work in another chatter here. Been waiting here patiently. Uh, uh, is it Anas? Anas, can you hear us? No. He's Call back, here. Anas. Call back. Yep. Call back, jump back on, and if you want to request to speak, I'm going to work my way down here. Some people I'm going to try are trying to, bring, to fall asleep. I'm going to try to bring in Luke. Luke, Luke are Luke. you there? Hey, Luke, Luke's, are you, like, welding? Luke's on the... You got Luke's some in. massive ba- uh, background noise. All right, I got you. Luke I on the... something in down. The, it in sounds the like great. <laughs> Luke's, on, Luke's on the job right now. Oh, for real, I am. What's up? Nothing, man. Um, you 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 pinged us. What do you what do you got? Yeah. So, I got two things. One, All right. I don't know why that the refs give Joel these tic tac fouls. It drives me crazy. For two, did no one ever tell these guys to foul hard? You know you're going to be fouling five times. We knew Rob was going to foul out. Sit him down. Put him on the ground. Make him feel you. Like old and school. Two, yeah. I'm making make him feel you down there. Um, you know he's going to shoot 20 free throws. Um, and two, why is Kemba not scoring before Taco Fall? Sit him down. Oof. Oof. Sit him <laughs> down. Peyton Pritchard was playing good ball. They're speaking John's language now. Okay, so literally, I swear I didn't plant that guy. 
Uh, right, right. I was about to ask Luke, where is he? Call- I wanted to know where Luke was calling from. Right. It was it was me, and that was the feedback. But no, Luke, thank you. Uh, look, the two comments we actually talked about this on the post game show. I'll let these guys have at it. But uh, yeah, I you know I, I agree there. The uh, you know the the ticky tack stuff drives us crazy. He already is going to. You're a big, and you, and you're constantly slamming into people. Every time there's contact, you can't blow the whistle on the other guy. It's freaking ludicrous. There's at least four of them tonight where it was like, really? That's just basketball. Their bodies are going to bump. you got to let them play there. You're hitting their arm when he's going up for a shot and this and that. Fine. Well, how many but, free throws was Shaq shooting back in the day? I mean, it's kind of the same idea. It is. It's really hard to play these guys, but they initiate so much contact. That's what makes it tough. Two, I totally agree. And at one time, Grant came down on him a little hard but that was about it when he just kind of rapped but you're right you do want to make him feel it problem is Celtics don't really have that beef you know like Cornette and friggin Rob way you know way way wow. what he does together you know they're not gonna those aren't physical enough guys to really foul hard you don't he have is, the, yeah he is shooting more free throws per game than Shaq ever did in the season that's pretty amazing you don't have the beef I'm also gonna say Kemba Walker's arrow is pointing down and it has been and again the pr- thing with Kemba is less about his production and more about his movement. He ha- he is a streaky shooter, um, and he has periods where he just doesn't shoot well. That's been him throughout. Uh, so I don't know that I'm ready to kind of sell all – you know, you, you guys know I'm, I'm down on that situation. I yeah. I just think he's fine right now. He's not great. He's not whatever. He is what he is, you know, and and, and that's that's it on Kemba. Yeah. Amit in the chat said it, said it nice. He goes, love Kemba, but get him out. I'm not at that point. It's tough because Kemba is like, you know, the – like he's the teammate that you want. He's the leader that you want. He's, you know, got the positive attitude. He's uh, he's trying to get everybody else involved. He says the right things. He leads by example. And and he's – honestly, I think he's good for this team right now be, in, in one way because I don't think the young guys have really stepped up the way that, you know, the team needs them. And I think there's been games where Kemba's sort of taken on that – leadership role so to speak but you know is he a perfect fit for this exact team no I think we all we all understand that um but it goes back to what and I I guess do we lose Bobby maybe but it goes back to what Bobby has said in the past which is you get rid of Kemba you're not going to get anybody close to close to return for him it's just almost like a salary dump type move and even if they go to resign Fournier not to get way too off track they're going to have to make corresponding moves to stay under you know, the cap and the tax and all those things. So, you know, just be careful what you wish for. I understand that Kemba, you know, is streaky and, and whatnot, and maybe he's not, you know, peak Kemba that we've seen in other seasons. But I still think he, he's, you know, vital to this, wherever this team's going to go this season. And if, if they do decide to stick with him, I mean, he, he still, to me, has enough left where he's still very important to this team. Now, if you could find the perfect situation again where, you know, another team wants a player like him and you can get off from underneath it. Yeah, I'm sure DeAnge would consider it. I just don't know if that's out there. We brought in another caller, another uh, 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 guest here, Bootum. Can you hear us? Bootum. Bootum, can you hear us? All right, we're going to cycle out there. I'm going to keep going down here and we have, um, let's go to uh, yeah, Andrew. Bootum. He's a Knicks fan anyway. So. Bootum, Bootum, Bootum. Uh, I'm going to try to get another person on here real quick. We're going to go with Patrick, if he can get there. Patrick. No, oh, Bootum's back, we think. Bootum's back. He's not he's in try- this thing up here. He's trying to get back. 
He's trying to get back. Hold on one second. Get we'll dead see. air. We'll see if we can get him there. All right, boot him. Hello, there? hello, hello. Hey, man. All right, my first question is for Sherrod. Um, I have to get some extra credit for uh, showing up to this, correct? No. Oh, we got, oh, no. We got a, a, student we got a student for Mr. Boston University. <laughs> Wait a All minute. Right. So, hey, Bootham, how My is Sherrod, the, uh, the, the Professor Sherrod? What's he like, man? Professor Sherrod, he's he's great. He's like, he's the greatest. No, no, actually, he's, See, yeah. he's a great he, teacher. He knows <laughs> the drill. He, Bonus points coming your way. <laughs> if you get five friends to sign up, if I, I'm not your teacher, but if you get if you get ten friends to sign up, you're getting five extra points on your final grade. That's a that's, <laughs> that's a promise. Yep. No. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm honestly surprised, like how similar Sherrod uh, is, like as a teacher as he is, like on air. Like he, you know, he's he's keep like the same consistent. He keeps it real. Student. Oh, there's when you yeah, keep it real. You we keep it real, Alex. There's no honor yeah, persona it's... for Sherrod. I've known him for 10 years. <laughs> I can guarantee you that, okay? It's the same guy on the air. It's the same guy when he walks off the set. It's the same guy when he's at the game. It's the same guy when he's hanging out with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, anyway, I can, I can talk about the actual Celtics, too. I watched the game. Um, you guys have a lot. I've, I've been sitting here having, like, so many thoughts on about every topic. Um, so it's hard to remember everything. But, I mean, I will say, for one, I just think, like, the Celtics have just been kind of, like, screwed in a lot. Like, it's easy to pile on on Ainge, on Stevens and the players. And there's definitely credit to be handed out. But I think, like, I just already lost Hayward. If they're there, it's different. And also Tatum, too, a lot of his inconsistencies, like, I think a lot of that can be – just, you know, on him getting COVID, I, don't, I think, I mean, maybe that's too much and assuming too much, but, like, I thought he he hasn't been the same since that. So, I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of factors where it's, like, this team is kind of a shell of what it's supposed to be for a lot of reasons, and, like, the bench kind of sucks. Um, so, but I, I will say, like, on the game itself, I just feel like there's a weird, like, I think part of the thing is the rhythm, as you kind of mentioned with Tatum. I think there was a lot of weird moments that, like, they kind of failed to, like, capitalize on rhythm. I thought, like, so, you know, Tatum, that substitution pattern is one thing. I thought another was my boy Luke Cornett. I love Luke. Yeah, I am a Knicks fan. So I've, I've watched Luke, like, his whole career. I'm, I'm a Luke Cornett stan. I love Luke. He's got potential. Um, wow. <laughs> so how did, how did that, how did that feel? Luke Cornett stan. Embiid just made him toss him like a rag doll, like ninety seconds into. I, I tweeted out that Reggie Miller like announcing Luke Cornett's annihilation on live on national television <laughs> was my like personal nightmare. I hated that, but I'll say. But Luke that, had the like, three ball. Luke came back with the three yeah, ball. That, so I'll give him that. That's what I'm going to be made the three there's, ball. Bootum, there's two Luke Cornett fans on the planet, and both of them are here on this speaker platform right now. <laughs> you and Bobby Manning. <laughs> Okay, it's really Dude, it's really that's incredible. A good, that's a good place to be. Luke Cornett is he's a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good team player, um, but I mean I'll say like with that like he like yeah he so he got knocked on his ass. Then I mean this might be a little too much bias as a Luke Cornett fan, but like he got hit on his ass. Then he made the three, and then he kind of played good defense. And I'm not that biased because I have someone else tweet that out. And then like a second late, like a Celtics guy tweet out that he's actually played kind of well. And then immediately after that he was taken out. And I thought Pritchard was playing pretty well, and then they took him out. Um, 
you know, he only played eight minutes. I, I, I don't know if I missed like he got injured or something. So like, I, I just thought there was a lot of places that didn't capitalize on rhythm. And then I also think it's just like, and a part of that was just kind of the revolving doors of like centers with like Mo playing a few minutes and Taco yeah, motion. I got in. There. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rob, Rob threw the whole thing out of balance there. And I think that yeah. that's right. But Sherrod, what did Budum? Thanks a lot, man. Sherrod, what did you think no about problem. the rotations? I thought the rotations were out of necessity as opposed to good coaching matchup based. Uh, as, as you guys pointed out, I mean, Rob's foul trouble just absolutely forced Brad's hand. Um, I, I personally, I would have liked to have seen um, Taco really the first or second big uh, in the game to match up with Joel just to see how would Joel handle someone who has more length than he does. He's used to being able to bully guys, and certainly with Taco, that wouldn't change. But how could he? How does he navigate that length? Uh, is he going to look to shoot more face-up shots? Will he look to shoot more jumpers? Which I, I think his inclination against a guy like Taco is to do just that. I don't think he wants to bang or not bang, but I don't think he wants to be around the basket when he's got a guy with Taco's length. Uh, guarding him. I think he would become more of a jump shooter. And that that's the MO. That's what you want. You want him to be further away from the basket when he's looking to score. Um, that's the only real adjustment as far as like the way Brad uses bigs. I, I would like to have seen done differently. But again, you know, there, there's so many factors that contribute to yeah. them getting their asses kicked tonight. And yeah. th- there's no question that, you know, Rob's foul trouble was one of them. But I don't think that was like the core or crux because again remember joel was averaging 40 a game against the celtics this season coming into this game so yeah they held him to 35 right they held him to 35 so he's kind of been kicking their ass on a regular so rob's play yeah was a factor but it's not like joel did something in this game that he hadn't done previously when they had tice and they had you know others so the bottom line is if you're starting to discuss whether or not if you if you're breaking down the play of Luke Cornett as a major game factor, you're probably pretty screwed already. Okay, um, I I, I want to say we've been on a while, and, I, and you know it's it's a school night, um, so we're gonna take a couple more people here, and we're gonna wrap it in a few minutes. Um, so I'm gonna kind of rifle through the chat here and see who else we have that's been trying to get on here. I think I tried to get Patrick on here. I'm gonna try it again. Uh, Patrick, are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, man. Fire up, away. Patrick? Hey, guys. You can do a great show. Um, it's been one of my favorite late-night watches while I'm working. So uh, thanks for covering the game so well. No, um, thanks for watching, man. Thanks, Seriously. Man. Appreciate it. Sorry <clears> to <throat> stare at us at work. Oh, no, no. It makes my night. I, like, send the link to all my buddies, even, like, Laker fans. I'm like, you oh, guys got to see this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> Oh no! Everybody loves Boston, so this is like yeah, this is good fair. Don't do that, good. Yeah, well, no, they, love, they love to hate it. Yeah. Well, no, no, nobody takes sports as seriously as Boston does. So, like every, like you guys, like look at every factor of everything. Like so, anyway, so we'll get into that at some other time. But hey, my my thing about Tatum and Jalen to go back a little bit in the conversation is, um, I think Jalen's IQ and his ability to be a quiet leader is just something people don't talk enough about. And I agree. I feel like, and I and I and I feel that uh, Tatum is an amazing player, and I take nothing away from him. Um, but I do see him potentially someone who might walk later on. And I also think that the, 
the Dame uh, McCullough uh, comparison is not necessarily a fair one because I feel like as much as Dame shoots, he's a real team guy. Um, he doesn't kind of do his ISO thing. He does chuck a lot of buckets, but he, you know, he also like seems like he's sort of like a rah rah guy, which I don't necessarily see Tatum always being. Um, and then I think them playing complementary to each other. You know, it's just never doesn't feel like it's ever gonna happen. I think Jalen, if the if Tatum was Jalen's personality, it could potentially happen. But with the personality that Tatum appears to have, you might want to find. You know, this is this is a rebuilding season, right? Like, let's call it what it is, right? Like, like what pieces are we gonna have next year and the year beyond? You know, like I look around the league, and you know, yeah, you want to get. I don't even know if like the the guy up at the Wolves is worth getting, Cat or whatever his name is. Um, but I think you know maybe an Ingram. What might be, although he's the same size, uh, technically as Tatum, he plays a different game and he plays a different role, and that might be complementary. And now, if you if you hold on to Fournier's contract, that might be a different way to do it. I don't know. Just kind of thinking of options of like taking pieces out and putting pieces in. And Ingram seems to have the upside and the and the age to kind of fit in with their your horizon that they're targeting. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, he's a good player. I just don't, we've, we debated this as well. And thank you. Thank you again for watching and joining this chat. We really do appreciate it. Um, what, whether or not, you know, what his actual stock is and whether it's even higher than, than, than Jalen right now. And we had this debate earlier. Um, Sherrod, what, yeah, Sherrod, your thoughts? No, I, I mean, that, that's, that's a really good, good comparison because, I mean, Ingram, you know, truth be told, he should have been the all-star this year instead of Zion. If you start looking at the, their numbers that they put up, but Zion obviously is the bigger draw uh, and, and, and obviously is, is a great player. But it's, it's, it's hard for me to just – and, again, I, 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 I hate to sound like a broken record when I say this, but it's hard for me to envision a package that would have you trading away Jalen and feeling good about what you're getting in return. Because I just don't think there are a lot of players out there that are, one, fall into that criteria from a talent standpoint, and two, will be made available. Uh, I just don't think that that's something that Danny Ainge is, is, is going to be open to doing. Now, he, now, will he talk to teams and listen to them? Absolutely. But I just I don't get the sense that they're going to uh, come across a situation uh, unless it's something similar to what happened with Kyrie Irving. And that is a superstar player says, I want out. You need to trade me. Here are some of the teams that, that I want you to talk to. Boston is one of those teams. That I could see happening. But I don't think that Danny Ainge on his own volition is going to be able to go out there and say, hey, you know, uh, who wants to talk to me about Jalen? Uh, and actually get some responses that are going to make him feel comfortable and pulling the trigger. I just think that Jalen, he's done such a great job. And I think Danny Ainge has a great appreciation for what he has done that it's, it's, I, I just, it's going to be hard for, I think him to let Jalen go in any kind of trade, because I think he feels Jalen's a special talent. Uh, someone that if they're going to win a title in let's say the next three or four years, I think that he envisions Jalen being part of that. I agree, and and when when Danny picked Jalen, there were there were a lot of people that didn't know if that was a good pick, and there were a lot of oh they booed around. him, they booed yeah him. they booed a lot they, lot they of booed him booed and yep the whole garden party yep. there was a big knock on whether or not you know Brown couldn't shoot or you know all this stuff so 
you know, it was even to the point where it's like, well, does he even really care about basketball? You know, he has all these other interests. Does he really care about basketball? And that pissed clearly me that off, was by the way. all overblown. And the one thing that was we bullshit. have. Yeah, for sure. And we've learned a lot about Jalen. And one of the things we have certainly learned is, you know, his leadership qualities, you know, not just on the court, but really off the court. And, you know, the things that he's done, um, you know, obviously he's taken a big a big role in the Players Association. And I, I see that obviously, you know, on the rise for him. You know, he he's one of those kids that, you know, you definitely can see him having a successful career in, in whatever he chooses after basketball. So certainly I understand where Patrick's coming from where, you talk about Jalen's value um, as a leader and as, you know, somebody who can provide a lot to these guys, not just on the court, but it's hard when you talk about, you know, trading players. Um, and again, I don't think anyone's here is saying is looking to trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. I think one thing we've said on our show numerous times though, is, you know, nobody's untouchable at the end of the day. You know, if, if you know, Danny Ainge has to do what he thinks is best for the team and, you know, the last thing he's going to do is hold on to a player. The last thing he wants to do, he has done it, but I think the last thing he wants to do is hold on to a player and then get nothing for that player. So, you know, down the road, if it looks like something's not working out for whatever reason, and this is down the road, he's going to, you know, make the calls and, and, and figure out what, you know, what's best for the team or who, who works best around certain players, whether that means Jalen stays or Tatum stays or whoever it may yeah. be. But I don't think they need to make that decision right now. I think next year they're going into the season – with those two guys, you know, running the show. Uh, so we're going to try to bring in here uh, one more. We've got um, Isaiah from Jersey. Are you there? Did hey, this guy's old school. He was a uh, he was a caller for years. Oh yeah, Isaiah. Isaiah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. What's going on with you? Hey, long welcome back, no Isaiah. To you guys. What's up, man? Bobby, what's up, brother? What's going hey, on, Jimmy? Long time no speak. What's up, yeah, bro? How you been? I've been good, man. Following these Celtics, you know, trying to trying to stay on top of everything that's going on with them, despite how bad the season's been going, and despite all the bad moves that Danny has put us in, I'm still here trying to stay in the boat. You know, but it's getting harder and harder by the, by the game. Taking on water, but you're still it, it, no, paddling. It is hard. I, I mean, Danny only has three fingers, and he's trying to plug six holes. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it seems like we're sinking by the day. These games are getting harder to watch. But I'm still here hanging in, wondering if there's any reason to stick in and watch for the rest of the season, other than the fact that I'm a Celtic fan and I can't help but be bludgeoned to death by these games. It's horrible. The offense is horrible. The defense is horrible. I don't even know where to start in order to fix this. I mean, I, I, there's, there's not, it seems like this season is, is, is just one for the books. It's just a COVID season, and you just leave it at that. But it's exposing a lot of weaknesses in this team, and it's really, really looking like Danny hasn't been on the job the past few years. Jason and I mean, I think Nick said it the, uh, a few minutes ago. Jason is on one side of the court. Jalen is on the other side of the court. We got a $30 million point guard that can't connect the two of them, and we're putting way too much pressure on other parts of the team. You guys are talking about getting rid of Marcus all the time, but to me, that's just extra pressure created by the lack of roster that Danny's put on this team. Other guys on this team are, are, are trying to step up and trying to uh, step into roles that really aren't there to be stepped into, but it's, the, it's, the, it's a consequence of us having a team that's ill-formed. And I don't know what I'm looking at from night-to-night -night basis. I don't know if I should get excited about a two-game winning streak or should I get excited or should I be depressed about a 30-point blowout. I don't know what's coming next. All I know is I'm a Celtic fan and I'm subject to whatever's on my screen. 
Yeah, honestly, I think you just captured the vibe of all of us every mm-hmm. game, every post-game show. You just don't know how to feel, right? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> we know they're going to finish 500. Yeah, you just – and it's <laughs> hard to get It's hard to get up because you know you're just going to come right back down. Yeah, it's, it's bad. But but looking forward, um, I, I, love, I love listening to Sherrod. Sherrod, I'm a big fan of yours. Um, I can't wait to hear the next podcast you do. But looking forward – with the rest of the team, because I know you uh, uh, guys got to go. Um, I, I really think that uh, the, the future of the team isn't with Jalen. I think that it's with Jason, just because of what Nick said. Jason's the guy that's going to leave. Jalen's the guy that won't leave. But Jalen's not good enough, and Jason is. So I think I'll tie my boat to, <laughs> J- I think I'll tie my boat to Jason and try to get a Bradley deal, a Bradley Beal deal going, or, or I, I don't know about Cat about Cat bringing him in because he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have a fire and he his personality kind of matches J- uh, Jason's. But I would definitely explore uh, a, I would definitely explore a, a Jalen for uh, a Bradley Beal type deal because Bradley Beal's just better than J- than Jalen right now. He's just a better ball player. He scores easier. He opens up the floor. He makes the right passes. And although Jalen's been scoring this year. Sometimes it does. It just seems forced. So if I would do it, I would tie my boat to Jason, uh, and then I'll try to see if I could get Jason to stay longer by bringing his buddy, who just happens to score thirty plus points a game, to our team. All right, thanks, man. All right, guys. Yeah. Good summary, bro. Hey. Awesome. Thank you for joining. Come back next thanks, time, Sergio. man. Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm here every time you guys are on, whether I'm talking to you um, in person or talking to you through my TV. I'm talking to you guys. So <laughs> That's Love awesome. It. Awesome. Keep coming back. We're here tomorrow. We're, we're going to get bludgeoned the same way you were, man. It's we're, we're gluttons. We're gluttons for this. So we're coming back tomorrow, too. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Yeah. Take uh, all right. So, guys, let's put a bow on it here. And again, I think that was a great call. A great, great person to end it that's the that's the vibe with this team right like mm-hmm. you can't get you we we said it after those two wins like how much stock can you put in it you want to but you can't you know and i know fournier was out and i know this was a you know a, a dud game for rob but it's like you played the big boys and it just it looked like you didn't belong on the court with them and it's so depressing right now um, that it's just like, will you even allow yourself to get up again if they have, go and have a, a good performance? No, it's no. the way the roster is flowed. I know you don't like the Fournier excuse, John, but that's what vaulted them up to a new level over the weekend, and then he goes out. Plus and Houston and Charlotte, it, but yes. It, it just yeah. yeah, it just falls apart the way they look. And again, that's what I'm looking at more tonight, how they played, the style in which they played. Missing Rob for large stretches of this one impacted that as well. And they they got away from the what made them so successful over the weekend. And again, w- w- why were we so encouraged on Sunday? It's not because they beat the Hornets. It's because they built a massive lead. The bench built on it some more, and then the fourth quarter just ended up not mattering. And we haven't seen that all year. So again, it's a concern that when pieces fall out of the fold, they crumble. But that's that's just the way this roster's been built. It's very thin, and when multiple pieces go down for them in any single game, they're done. That's just the way this roster is. I'm just I'm just concerned that so much of their success this season has been predicated on making shots, and we all have seen enough playoff basketball to know that you got to be able to defend in the playoffs if you're going to survive in advance. And that's my biggest issue with them. They don't defend consistently enough to where you feel in a seven-game series 
they're going to have enough stops that are going to give them a great shot of moving on. And that's really what this team – I mean, this team is about the playoffs. We can talk about the, these final, you know, 20-some-odd games in the regular season until we're blue in the face, but this team's will be defined by what happens in the playoffs. That is the bed that they have made, the bed that they will lie in. That's what happens when you go to the finals three out of four years, and the core from that group is still on the roster. My turn? Man, I don't know what I – <laughs> We've 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 definitely beat. I'm, I'm glad that this Sixers series is over with because they certainly proved that they you know they had the Celtics number this this regular season for sure. I mean there was a great stat that uh, our buddy George uh, put in the chat, and I think it was over the three game regular season, three regular season games, and Beat has 47 free throw attempts, and the Celtics as a team have 45, which is just kind of a crazy stat. So that just kind of shows you the dominance that he's kind of shown and the mismatches that he creates. Yep. Um, so, you really, that, I mean, you're, you're a Celtics team now that's trying to avoid certain teams in the playoffs until you absolutely have to play them. It's not where you want to be. We never felt that way, really, about them last year. So, again, it's kind of the vibe that you have with this Celtics team, and that's, that's how it should be when you're a team that's one game below 500 at this stage in the regular season. You know, we can come on this locker room app next week, and they might win the game, and, you know, we're – highlighting the good things. But that's, again, it's just been how it's been this year. I mean, yeah. you're not always going to have a downer locker room. Sometimes you might have an up one, but it's 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 a roller coaster, coaster season, and I just I don't really see that. This was a sad locker room. Somebody, this is some, a sad locker room. Yeah, somebody somebody twirled up a towel and whipped us in the ass, you know, and that's what it, that's what it was. It was a bad <laughs> locker room experience. This is one of those okay. lockers where you expect, like, a, a Marcus Smart chair to come flying through. You yeah. Know? Exactly. So um, just quick, I want to tell everybody on here, a lot of you guys carried over from the post-game show, which is awesome, and we love that. If you didn't watch the post-game show, subscribe to our YouTube channels at Celtics CLNS, either the Celtics uh, YouTube channel or our main YouTube channel. We're live on both of those and all of our streaming apps as well, so you can catch it on Twitter also. And then after every game, we're going to come here on the Locker Room app, and we're going to do what we did tonight, which is um, you know extend the conversation. It's the after-hours party where all the cool kids go. Uh, and we get to hang out and you guys get to chat with us and we loved hearing from a ton of you especially uh, you know a lot of you guys who are on that show some people who were ogs on the uh on the celtics post game show uh you know when it first started a lot of callers who've been with the network for a really long time obviously isaiah there uh was a long time caller on the old post game show so it's awesome to kind of welcome everybody into this Thing, and this is just night one. We're going to be back again tomorrow. Um, one sponsor we want to tell you about, betonline.ag. Um, our gambling partner, CLNS Media. Go to betonline.ag. Use the code CLNS50, 50% off your initial deposit. Also, as far as everyone here is concerned, make sure you follow all of us on Locker Room because you will be notified every time we go live. It's after games now, but you might catch some one-offs where other people are just going off. And doing their own thing, Sherrod might just decide he wants to host his own chat and talk to you guys. So you want to know when the people uh, that you're interested in are going live with uh, something on Locker Room. So make sure you give all of us a follow. Guys, any final thoughts here before we wrap it? No, my final thought no. is just you know, thanks for everybody for – this is the inaugural Locker yep. Room chat. So, you know, if we could put an NFT – if we could NFT this chat, it might be worth something someday. Yeah. But exactly. Tomorrow could be worse. I said this on the other post game show, but you think of Kemba <laughs> going down and Evan 
probably not being in the fold. It's, it's going to get even worse. Join tomorrow, us tomorrow. So it be might prepared. be worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll get the crowd going. That'll and get that's, from, that's from that's from 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 Bobby. You know, from Celtics Island over there. So that's Sunny you know. Bobby. He's, he's in a bad place. Right. He's in yeah. a very bad place right now. I miss. I'm right. going to miss Fournier. I really hope this isn't a two week thing for Fournier because man, will those two weeks stink. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be bad. But thanks honestly, again for everybody. Honestly, the two-week yeah. stretch without Fournier, it, it could get to the point where John might John might be the the the, the fake tanking might be become more of a reality if, it, if they really struggle here. I know, but again, what I said on the post-game show is, are we really going to sit here and say that the guy who didn't exist two weeks ago, who they got for nothing, which were two second-round picks, not playing is the reason they're losing? Like, he didn't exist two weeks ago. That was the team that you had. Oh, like, and they stunk. They'll be 500. Like, it's and been. they stunk. Uh, and they stunk. And they stink, but they're the same. They stink before. They stink after. We need something to change. So, again, hopefully it's tomorrow. Join us again. We're going to have a happy locker room. I feel it. You know, just when you bet ready to bury them, something happens. So tomorrow mm-hmm. feels like an automatic loss. So I'm going to go ahead and predict a win and a happy locker room. So we want to have all of you guys back. So again, for Sherrod Blakely, Boston University journalism professor, which some of you might have just learned for the first time on this thread, in, in addition to Bleacher Report, <laughs> Boston Sports Journal, Garden Report post game, Shack of all trades. Uh, all, it's an honor, and it's always a you know, it's great to have him on. Glad to be here. Toscano, veteran of uh, of the sports media scene here, having worked for multiple establishments, including NBC Boston with uh, Sherrod and me for several years. That's uh, right. My- Teammates. That's right. Our teammates. And, of course, myself, John Zanis, Josue Pavone is at the game. He's doing work. He'll join these things as well. We're going to have a lot of special guests, special giveaways. It's going to be a ton of cool stuff. I'm not allowed to tell you what the giveaways are. Nick said tease it, okay? Don't just – don't tell him exactly what it is um, because I think Nick's running out to the store to buy it right now. He might not actually have it. But, but yeah. uh, That's funny because Nick Nick actually just blurted it out in the pregame. Uh, It was like the first thing he said. So uh, I don't know if that secret's going to last too long. But. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but all of that stuff, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll have fun again. We're just getting started. So I'm going to say good night on behalf of everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. 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 Peace, 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 peace. Peace, 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 